You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Christmas. I just want to say Merry Christmas to y'all. Uh, Thanksgiving has passed. We are into December now. We're actually our second week in December. Pastor Dustin kicked off a, uh, a sermon series called God With Us, where we just discover what Christmas is all about, right? And uh, so we're going to celebrate that this morning. We're going to dig into it a little bit more. And uh, Pastor Dustin talked a little bit last week how he can sometimes be referred to as a Grinch around Christmas. He's not big on putting up lights and this or the other and, and just the, kind of the commercialization of it. And I got to say that I've been labeled that too. I am guilty as charged. But truth be told, I absolutely love Christmas. I love the, the heart behind Christmas. I love what we celebrate at Christmas. Um, but the biggest issue for me regarding Christmas is Christmas carols. I know. The worship pastor doesn't like Christmas music. What a shame. Um, no, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Christmas carols. There are a few. We sung one this morning, O Come All Ye Faithful. That just, it just touches my soul every time we sing it. But to me, that more tunes itself to, to worship music than it does necessarily the Christmas carol, Christmas music type of thing. Um, a couple people, what's your favorite Christmas song? I'm going to see if I can put you on blast. A couple people. Yes, ma'am. Mary, did you know? Ooh, I got a good one for you in just a second. Uh, anyone else? Oh, okay. You know, you're in my wheelhouse again. I love a holy night. Does anyone, the silent night, I love silent night. So those are ones around, uh, around kind of worship. And then what about anyone like Jingle Bells or uh, We Wish You a Merry Christmas? Okay, so let me talk to you a little bit about We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Has anyone taken part? I have. Uh, has anyone else taken part in like going door to door, knocking on doors and randomly singing to some stranger who opens the door? Raise your hand. Anyone ever done that? Okay. We've had some folks do that. I've done it personally. And man, it's just kind of awkward. I'm going to be real. Uh, I hate walking up to a door and saying, we wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Now bring me some figgy pudding or else I'm not leaving, essentially. Like, that doesn't seem like a godly thing to do, to just stand there and demand something from someone that you don't even know necessarily. So uh, that one kind of gets under my skin and... uh, Let's be real. I think we can all be, be honest before God this morning. Um, 12 Days of Christmas is possibly the most annoying song ever written. Can anyone attest to that? Anyone agree with that? That's just, it just keeps going and going. And then you got the, the five golden rings right in the, in the middle of it. And it's just, it's so obnoxious. But I will say the Reliant K version is a little bit more fun. I'm a little partial to to some pop punk music. Um, And then, yes, Mary, did you know? Um, She did know, in fact. Mark Lowry is a great songwriter. I will give him 100% credit for being a wonderful songwriter. But Mary did, in fact, know. Um, And every time I hear it, that's all I can think about. It's like the angel was sent, and they had like a literal discussion about the fact that Jesus was going to be born. Um, She knew. So... um, uh, Mark Lowry must have just forgotten about Luke chapter 1 when he wrote that, but that's cool. Uh, Christmas carols, Christmas music, uh, there are a few songs that I love, and it's the ones that focus around Jesus and really worshiping him. We're actually doing one next week. It's a newer song written by uh, Hillsong. Uh, It's called Arrival, 
And that just, it really just encompasses what Jesus did for us, the, the weight of what he did for us, the creator putting himself in the creation for our sake because he saw us in need. He saw us broken in our sin and he didn't want to leave us there. So he confined himself to, his, to the flesh that he creates for us to take on our, the weight of our sins and to bear that burden. So, but I enjoy uh, celebrating Christmas uh, as far as the gifts and the history behind showering or, um, and the history behind it and just showering gifts on family and friends. Uh, and I understand that a lot of things that we do around Christmas, I understand that um, Jesus wasn't in fact born on the 25th and some of the things, uh, traditions that we use around Christmas um, have some kind of muddy water historically, but everything that we do, like we can still find a way to point it towards Jesus, amen? Like when we give gifts to one another, uh, we celebrate the greatest gift of all time in Jesus, amen? When we have a tree in our home and it's an evergreen or a wreath on our door, we think of the everlasting love, the everlasting father that Jesus is. We all, many of us know the, the idea behind the candy cane, it's a shepherd's hook, it's a, G, it's a J for Jesus, the white and the red signify Jesus' blood and washing us white as snow. Um, there are a lot of things that we do around Christmas that, like I said, sometimes you can have different people argue that they trace back to some historical muddy water, but everything we can really focus on Jesus and the arrival, the initiation of grace, which is what Christmas is, right? It's God's initiate, it's the initiation to God's plan for grace in our lives through Jesus. So his birth is that plan first stepping into action, and that's something worth celebrating. Amen. So uh, last week, Pastor Dustin kicked off the God With Us series. He talked about the fact that God with us means that because of Jesus, where there was once darkness, there's now light. Uh, where there was once hopelessness and fear, we have hope. And even though we have rebelled against God, there is restoration through Jesus. And all of those things are initiated by the arrival of Jesus. Today, we're going to jump into Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to talk a little bit about the character of Jesus and who Jesus is, how we can apply those things to our lives. Uh, forewarning, the first few verses of this are kind of historically weighty, so I'll do a quick explanation of that, and then we're going to really hone in on the last couple passages. But if y'all would, stand to your feet. We don't do that every week, but we're going to do it this week. Uh, Isaiah chapter 9, we're going to start in verse 1. It's going to be on the screen. We're going to go through verse 7. ESV version says this, but there will be no gloom for who was in for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun, Zebulun, and the land of Naphtali. But in the later time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land deep of dark or of deep darkness. On them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at, at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle, in battle Tomet, and every garment rolled in the blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, 
to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end, and on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's pray together. God, we just thank you for your word. And Lord, right now, as we dive into it, Lord, I pray that you would reveal to our hearts exactly what you have for us to hear. Lord, I don't know what everyone in this room is is struggling with, what they're going through, what their life situation looks like at this very moment, what burdens they walked into this room with. But Lord, I just pray that through the celebration of your arrival, that we will be drawn closer to you, that as, as we speak of these things, that you would sarf, soften our hearts and draw us closer to you and reveal to us something that would break us through those walls to find full peace, full hope, and full strength in you. We're gonna trust you for that this morning. Lord, hide me behind the cross. I don't want any of my words to be spoken. I want only what you, the message you have to cut through. And we're gonna trust you for that as well in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all can be seated. Now, before we dive into our takeaways, like I said, the first part of this is a little weighty historically, so I wanna, I wanna highlight that just a quick minute. Uh, at this point, Israel is split into two parts. You got Israel up north, Judah to the south. Israel up north has been invaded by the Assyrians, and it's evident that Judah will soon be invaded um, and overtaken as well. Isaiah is a prophet of God, and he speaks of the fall of Judah and how out of this fall and ultimately the oppression of the Babylonians, there would be, um, God would send a Messiah to save his people from all captivity. So you have people in a, in a terrible, oppressive situation, brokenness, no light, no hope, no way out, but God is going to send hope. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. And we also know that based on Jesus' teachings and his apostles' teachings, that these prophecies were never solely exactly meant for just uh, the Israelites, the Jewish people. We know that in Romans 1, 16, it says, For I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ, the power of God uh, at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. So this idea, ultimately we see a prophecy that even though his children are in darkness, there's a wonderful counselor to guide our lives with light, to bring us hope, bring us restoration to all mankind. Even though they face oppression, God is mighty and he's capable to pull them out. Uncertainty, um, there's a father who will be constant and everlasting. And even in the conflict, there's one who will bring peace. So in our lives, in our current situations, wherever we're at, how do we apply these truths to our lives? So I wanna highlight a few things here, uh, mainly out of verse six. Uh, let me make sure that's right. Yes, verse six. Uh, and we're gonna start with, he is our counselor. He is our counselor. Uh, Charles Spurgeon once had a quote and he said this, it was by a counselor that this world was ruined. Did not Satan mask himself in the serpent and counsel the woman with exceeding craftiness? that she should take unto herself the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the hope that thereby she should be as God. Was it not that evil counsel, which provoked our mother to rebel against her maker, 
And did it not as a as the effect of sin bring death into this world with all of its train of woe. Ah, beloved, it was meant that the world should have a counselor to restore it if it had a counselor to destroy it. But we've received that counselor and that counselor is Jesus. He's our wonderful counselor. As humans, we're designed to need, right? Uh, We can't sustain ourselves. Our bodies need food, need water, need breath. Uh, We can't do those things alone. We can't make those things alone. They take an act of God. We need things. We need things. One thing that we also need is we need direction. Now, I do believe that some of us are leaders and some, some of us are followers, but even leaders are influenced and counseled. And that's what counsel is. It's influence. It's giving influence. We need a direction to follow. Um, when we all, or we all follow someone's direction, even if it's our own direction, and even when we follow our own directions, it's influenced. Uh, our direction and decisions are influenced by culture, friends, family, um, and other things. We're always influenced, or better yet, counseled. And if we're not counseled with wisdom and truth, then we'll find ourselves just neck deep in sin, and in strife and in pain. John 1, 14 says, the word became flesh and it dwelt among us and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son of the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is our wonderful counselor and he is full of grace and truth. Who better to counsel our lives than one who is full of truth and full of grace? So if we can grasp onto Jesus, who is the wonderful counselor, and if we take hold to him and his word and his direction, and we know that he, and we trust that he is full of grace and truth, we'll begin to bear his fruit, which is love, joy, peace, patience. I love the idea of joy. You know, we talk about that in this verse a little bit, going back to, uh, to, to our main verse here in Isaiah. Um, let's see. Verse three, you have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with the joy of the harvest. See, the harvest was just a great time of celebrating God's provision. When they pull up the crops and they see that God has provided, they celebrate it. They have a harvest feast and there's joy surrounding that celebration. See, God has provided for us and we can, we can rest in that joy Humanity was provided a destructive counsel in the garden, but Jesus provides perfect, life-giving, grace-filled counsel. Not only is Jesus the wonderful counselor, he is our mighty God. If you ever felt like you're in a situation where you're just weighing out, weighing over your head, um, you're struggling to get out, whatever that situation looks like, it's a health issue, it's a work issue, it's just you're struggling with whatever the case is, a broken relationship, uh, whatever you're struggling with, you feel like you're just in over your head, there's no way out, you're just not strong enough. Well, let me break some news to all of us we in and of ourselves are not strong enough to handle those situations. Jesus provides our strength. He is our mighty God. So if you ever felt like you were weak and desperate, I want us to hearken back to 2 Corinthians 
chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, it says, But he, this is God, but he, God, said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul continues on. He says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong, because God is strong in our weakness. Then Psalm 73, 26, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So understand this, true strength comes from Christ, comes from Jesus alone. And it's wrapped up in his working. He's our strength. He is our portion. And when we realize this and we rest on it, it's when his strength will fully develop within our lives. I love this quote. I couldn't find who, who said it, but I love it. And if you're taking notes, write this down. Our weakness is an invitation for God's strength to show on full display. I'm gonna say that again. Our weakness is an invitation for God's strength to show on full display. When we can't overcome a situation, when we can't control what's going on, or even better yet, when we try to control things and things just get more and more out of hand, and we finally just come to a point where we just surrender to God and we say, Jesus, you take this. Man, he's strong. He can give us the hope and the peace to work out and go through that situation and move in that situation. Jesus is our mighty God. He is capable. He's the everlasting father, which means he's never ending. He's self-replenishing. He's the self-replenishing source of all eternity. He'll never run out. He's the author of creation with limitless capability and creativity. If God is wrapped up, if Jesus is wrapped up as the everlasting father with endless capability and creativity, then we know that whatever the situation is where we feel weak, we can trust in someone with that power and that strength to get us through it, amen? So he's our mighty God, he's capable, he's our perfect counselor. And then point three, he's our prince of peace. And I'm not gonna spend a lot of time here uh, because Pastor Dustin is preaching on peace next week, but simply put, Jesus brings upon peace. He brings peace into our hearts in moments of uncertainty. I think of Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, there's that, that idea of joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In moments where we just find ourselves just in unrest and struggling, Jesus provides peace, peace that makes no sense to anyone else. Maybe you're struggling with, with a job issue and your neighbor knows about it. And this, this goes into our, our, uh, our witness and our testimony. Maybe your neighbor knows that, that you're struggling with uh, with a job situation. Let's just use that example. But you go outside and you just have this joy about you that you, you believe it's gonna be okay. You know that maybe, the, maybe your bills are, 
are coming up and you don't have the money to pay for it, but you trust that God's gonna take care of it in some way, shape, or fashion. And that, that neighbor who may not know Jesus says, man, there's something different. He has a, I would be freaking out in your situation. How are you holding it together? You say, because Jesus brings peace. He is our peace. He's the also, and this is, this is worthy of like the utmost celebration. Jesus is the peacemaker between us and God. You see, sin drove this wedge between us and the Father. But Jesus came and with his birth, with his arrival, initiated that grace to bring peace and unify us to himself once more. Jesus brings peace between us and God, between God and his creation. Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus brings us peace. He brings us hope. He draws us back to the Father. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So this Christmas, as we celebrate with our families, over meals, uh, passing out gifts, uh, when we come together on Christmas Eve and we, we sing some carols and, and we just celebrate the Christmas story, let us first remember the whole purpose of what Jesus did and why he was born in the first place. And that was to draw us to himself, to bind himself back with his creation. Jesus gave himself lungs that have to be filled with the very air that his breath sustains. The provider willingly surrendering himself to a body which needs provisions for. The father the everlasting father at the mercy of a sinful mother. The weight of the world hanging in the balance, Jesus chose to come down and do all of these things for our sake because he didn't want us to die without hope and without, without a, an opportunity for grace. This Christmas, let's, let us remember that we're celebrating so much more than just a birth. We're celebrating hope. We're celebrating sacrifice. And we're celebrating the love of the Father. Once again, Jesus is our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, and our Prince of Peace. Jesus was born into his creation, once again, to unify us once more to himself through his sacrifice on the cross and ultimately his victory over death. So that we, you and I, could ultimately share in that victory. And we could have life eternal in his presence. So all we have to do, if you've never done it before, is surrender your life. Place your faith in Jesus. Look to Jesus as Savior. Around these times, we, we see this little baby in a in a in a manger where animals eat. And I think sometimes we reduce down the weight of what, what he's doing in that moment. 
We're not just celebrating birth, we're celebrating what he's done for our hearts. And if you've never placed your faith in Jesus, you've never experienced the freedom that he came in, the truth and the grace that he came in for, I just pray that this morning would be a morning for salvation in your hearts. I would love to have that conversation with you. Pastor Dustin would love to have that conversation with you. After the service, after we finish up and we pray, I wanna invite you guys, if God lays that on your heart, to come talk to us. And maybe if you're still kind of struggling with it and you, you don't really know how to start that conversation, how to initiate that conversation, fill out a connection card and we'll follow up with you. But we want you to know Jesus if you don't already. So you can celebrate this Christmas gift by accepting the greatest gift of all. We'd love to have that conversation with you once more. Let's pray together. And I think Pastor Dustin's going to come up and give us some announcements and then we'll be dismissed. God, we thank you. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.